Welcome to the What's the Word podcast. I am your host, Tiffany Johnson. Now, have you ever wondered, what does the Bible, Jesus, Christianity have to do with the current world today? Well, this podcast is going to take current events, pop culture, history, and from a biblical perspective, look at its importance today. As we go into the word, we're going to be asking each other, hey, what's the word? What is going on? What's the word, listeners? I am so glad that you have joined me for another week of What's the Word, the podcast. As we have been reflecting on church, are we doing this right? Are we reflecting what the Bible says biblical Christianity is to be lived out as? And I am excited because as we kind of conclude this week, as we transition into December and kind of focusing on other things more Christmas-centric, I wanted to end with, church, are we doing this right? And living out of Psalm 100. I believe Psalm 100 is a practical way to live out our Christianity. It's a call to what our Christianity should be looking like. But I love this because we're going to focus on, church, are we doing this right? Living a life of praise and thanksgiving. Psalm 34 opens, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. And then it says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Psalm 34 is one of my ultimate favorite Psalms, just period. But in connection to Psalm 100, it shows that there's a active participation in thanksgiving and praise that is not just with the mouth, but is an action to go towards the throne with. And I believe that so many times it's so easy to get wrapped up in feelings and how I'm feeling that the act of praising God at one, at all times is the greatest act of faith, of acting out what we know to be true, even when we can't see it, when we can't feel it, but we know he is who he says he is, and he will do what he says he will do, and that it's not fake. And I believe that we live in a culture that does say, fake it till you make it. This to me is not about faking it until you make it at all. It's actually aligning my heart with what I know to be true, even when I can't see it right in front of me. I will bless him. I will come into his courts with thanksgiving and praise because I know that no matter what's going on, I know that he is the Lord. I know that he can do what he said he can do and that he will be who he says he will be in all situations at all times, that his lordship has never changed because my circumstances have. You know what I'm saying? So I believe that there is so much power of living a thankful and having thanksgiving in your life. In fact, there has been so much breakthrough in my own life when I have stopped in my internal complaining and given myself a second to thank God for things that were really sometimes hard to thank the Lord for, but that were really true. And, um, and so even from this, this is coming even from my own testimony of how God has brought freedom and deliverance in my life just through giving thanks and praise. So we're going to get into it today. So if you don't have your Bible, that's all right. If you're listening, I'm going to read through Psalm 100 and we're going to talk about how this is a structure of how I believe Christianity is called to be lived. 
All right, I'm going to read Psalm 100 from the New King James Version. Now, it's called a Psalm of Thanksgiving. It's the only time in the book of Psalms you're going to hear that phrase, a Psalm of Thanksgiving. So it makes it even more powerful of giving thanks. Uh, and starting in verse one, we're just going right into it. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. We enter into his gates with thanksgiving. I added the we. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful for him. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. Well, let's talk about this for one. Why is it so hard for us to give thanks? Why is it so hard for us to give thanks at all time? I think, you know, in some ways the... Uh, name it and claim it church has kind of maybe not been a great part of of this as well. Um, Because let's be honest, we think, you know, if I claim that I'll have something, you know, then that's what God's going to do because he's acting on his word. Well, we know God will always act on his word because he's faithful to his word. It says that he is bound to his word. And so we say his word because Jesus modeled it to us even when he was tempted. That when he was being tempted in Matthew 4, we look at the story of Jesus and he's having all these situations and he says, the word says, the word says. So we have Jesus saying, this is a tool that which we use, not just in the promises, but in the promises in times where you're being tempted, the promises when you're having the enemy face you head on, um, it is written, is the greatest weapon that we have. This is where the promises, this is where the thanksgiving is birthed from, that we connect what has been written until the reality of who he is. Therefore, the response is praise. Therefore, the response is thanksgiving. It is truly out of the abundance of our spirit that that praise and thanksgiving comes forth. That is more than a feeling. It is an assurance of who he is and what he's going to do, that no matter what, We know that we can praise him and give thanks to him. And it sets our heart and attention, not on ourselves or our circumstances, but it sets ourselves with our eyes fixed upon the one who sits upon the throne, the one who will endure with us, who walks with us, who never leaves us nor forsakes us. I believe that in that place of praise and thanksgiving, it really does avert our eyes from the things that are in front of us that feels like it's too much. And that's why I believe it says our praise is a weapon. It becomes a weapon just like his word does. Our praise becomes a weapon because our eyes are fixed on the one who is true, the one who is faithful to the end, that he who began a good work will be faithful to complete it. And that's why I believe praise and its connection is usually associated with song. It becomes our song. It becomes our anthem about what will happen. I think it's really amazing statistically what people learn through song. Uh, I honestly, when I first became a Christian, I used to listen to a lot of Hillsong, not knowing that they were singing scripture. You know, my favorite, bless are those who dwell in your house. They are ever 
praising you, not knowing I was actually singing Psalm 84. It's one of those things that I remember that Psalm so much because there was a song attached to it. I believe that even right now, there might be a song that's always in your head or you've been thinking about or that, you know, it's, it's one of those things, it's either wonderful or you're like, oh, I can't believe this song is stuck in my head. Something that you don't want to be stuck in your head. But there's a song that is continually going through your mind. And guess what? That becomes a meditation. It becomes a thing that you focus on. And I believe that when praise and thanksgiving combined with his word becomes that thing that's in our heart. You know, one of my favorite things right now is that has been really messing me up, really messed me up in a great way, has been Kane. Um, Kane's I'm so blessed. I'm so blessed. I'm so blessed. Got this heartbeat in my chest. Doesn't matter about the rest. But, you know, even in that that refrain, on my worst day, I'm a child of God. On my best day, I'm a child of God. Those things have really impacted me because I've had days I'm going, God, I don't know. I just, I am really struggling. And, do you, but I'm like, but I'm still a child of God. I'm still a child of God. And those are the things that get stuck in our spirit that has those conversations with us, that remind us, that keeps us on track. And I believe that's a part of thanksgiving and praise is that it's that internal meditation that continually leads us to what we get our strength from. It's where we go to when our flesh is weak, you know, when I'm down, hey, where do I go? I go to the rock that is higher than I. I look to the one who is higher than I. And in that, there's a song that comes through about who he is and what he is like. So let's break down Psalm 100 together. So right off the bat, what does this psalm tell us to do? Well, quite simply to praise God. It's very simple, but it's the command, praise God, make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. serve the Lord with gladness, come before his presence with singing. So when we make a joyful shout to the Lord, it's something that is from the depths. It's what I think about when I go to a basketball game or a football game. When I make a shout, when I'm yelling at my TV, it's something that comes from that place where I am connected so much to what I am seeing before my eyes that I give a joyful shout. It's like watching your child or watching someone play a game and uh, you're watching them and they're running. They have maybe the ball in their hand. They're running towards the end zone and you're just, there's a, there's a shout that Im- immediately comes forth because what you're seeing you're rejoicing with, you're connecting with. And I believe that as we look to the Lord, that there is a joyful shout that we can make of God, you are good. You have done this. And I give thanks to you for all the things that you have done for me. I love the uh, direct exhortation to all you lands to praise God with a joyful shout. This is a call to the nations. It's extending to the world. This is a, uh, a a truth to show who the world belongs to. The world does not belong to the world. It belongs to God. This is our father's world. This is our savior's world. That's why there's an invitation to the ends of the earth to all come, to all celebrate what God has done. 
to all reflect together and to come with one heart and one purpose, and that is to glorify the Lord. This shows us that every tribe, every tongue, every nation is valuable in the sight of God, every color and every creed, all that who call upon the name of Jesus is precious in his sight. So we all are called with every single color of skin to come together to give thanks to the one who has made us and who has created us. And that is the one that we're serving that we call master and savior, Jesus Christ. And of course, this is all in the Psalm. So it's the old Testament. We know it's Jesus. Now, obviously this is looking at, you know, Yahweh to them, but Yahweh gave his son, Jesus to us. And that's why we can come. And the one who has purchased this world by his very own blood. We serve the Lord with gladness. The whole earth is invited to serve the Lord. We have the invitation. We still are inviting the world to serve the Lord. It is into the highways and into the byways that the church is calling out for all those who have not given their lives to him to come and serve him. But we also are those who should be serving him with a joyful and gladful heart. There's nothing like miserable saints. Oh my gosh, I'm sure you know one. Listen, you might be one, but there's truth. You know, I'm I'm telling you, there is nothing like seeing someone who serves the Lord and they're miserable. They are miserable. And and it does speak to the world. Like, why should I serve him? Y'all are so unhappy. And my great-grandfather, who was a pastor, used to say the happiest people, the most joyful people, the people who should be having the most fun is the church because we have been given good news. We have the greatest news of all. And that is joy. It's a joyful, joyful, joyful message of what God has done for us. I love that in Psalms, it says, Psalm 16, that in his presence is the fullness of joy. And at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. So there the, the whole thing of presence, even in his holiness, that he is holy and we bow down, there is the fullness of all joy. So we serve the Lord with gladness because we reflect actually the one who sits upon the throne, our glad God. We are those who are happy to serve him. We are delighted to worship him. We come into his presence with singing and the place with many psalms and praise. And singing is not the only way to praise God, but it is our chief way to praise him. So it says, then know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Let alone, we could just pause on know that the Lord, he is God. This praise that comes to God from all peoples, all lands, all tribes, all tongues. We are coming because we know that alone, he is our Lord. We recognize that he is our our God, that there is no one above him. There is no one beside him, that we are those really, truly beneath him, (laughs) that we come knowing that he is the one who makes the rules, that he is the Lord who created us, that we are his creation. We are not the creator, that we ourselves are not God. And I believe that 
this unfortunately has to be stated so much more in the world that we live in today, because we live in a world that wants to say, we make the rules, we define who we are in our identity. We are the ones who give God the boundaries because they don't want to live under his rules. We live in a world that doesn't want to live under his boundaries. So therefore, I also believe that is why people because of this, you know, there's people who were like, well, then God does not exist, or that's not the God that I serve. Well, nonetheless, he is God of gods. We will all die and face him. Every tongue will confess and every knee will bow down that Jesus Christ is Lord. I mean, he is who he is, and he will be who he will be. And in this, he is a good God. We have such a good God. Uh, We serve such a good God who is not forceful with us and lets us make our decisions, even decisions not to choose him. I mean, what, who does that? Who, well, who, there's not a human being who is like that, but I can tell you, we serve such a great God that even in his love for us allows us to the choice to not just love him, but the choice to not choose him. And yet he pursues even those who do not want him down every single day to show him them who he is and what he is like. So we know that he is God, that he is the one who has made us, created us, he sets the rules, and that we are his creation. So it is he who has made us. So this, like I said, talks about identity. He is the one who made us. He knows me more than anybody else as well. So the one who has made me knows me because he knows every single part of me because he put it inside of me. So your personality, every single thing about you, God knew about you before you knew about yourself and that you're still trying to learn and figure out about who you are yourself. He's the one who made you. He is the one that we can say, you have made us and we not ourselves. So in that, for our part, it's easy to believe that the Lord made us. It's, it's easy for us to see that God has created us. It's not us ourselves. Some men want to believe that they have made themselves. Even people call themselves the self-made man or woman. You know, that they think that all the originality came from them. But it's really not them above themselves. Every talent, everything that they have been given has been given by a creator in a response of worship unto him. Every talent that you have is actually a response of what he's put inside of you. And that in itself is thanksgiving and praise when you act it out. When you act on the talents and the things that God has given to you, that is an act of worship because you are not of yourself. God has put that of you that we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. That means that we cannot lead ourselves. We were never meant to lead ourselves. God did not make you, and I see this happen even in the church, where people try to be strong enough to not need the Lord, to think that, oh, if I'm depending on him all the time, then I'm a burden to him. Well, where does that ever say that in the Bible? Where did God ever say you're a burden to me because you are dependent on me at all times? There's nothing scripturally that says I have no need of you because you shall be strongeth by yourself. I mean, there's nothing that says that. So we are the sheep of this pasture. We need lordship. We need him to direct and lead us and guide us. I'm telling you, there's never a spot where it's like, 
we just are independent of ourselves. Now, God gives us decision-making, right? And God trusts us as we lean on his spirit and lurk at his word and all those things. But he is always that helper inside of us is there for that purpose, for that reason that we are sheep, that we depend on his spirit for all things at all times. That's the what and why of giving thanks. We come to his house with thanks and give and thanksgiving to enter into his gates with thanksgiving and to his courts with praise to be thankful to him and to bless his name. Now, gates usually represented a city. So we're entering into the city of God with thanksgiving. It's the call of every tribe and tongue coming to the place where God dwells to enter into his holy city. And we're giving thanks. Now that courts. That's the place where we're getting into the Holy of Holies, that we're entering into, as we would say, if, if the gates are the city, the courts is the sanctuary. It's the place where we come into the sanctuary with praise. Now we give thanks, we give praise, and we bless his name. These all things kind of go together. We thank him for what he has done. We praise him for all that he's accomplished, and we bless him. We bless his holy name. So to publicly worship God, to publicly live in this life is that we go into the cities. We enter into the place that this is my father's world. I am giving thanks for what God has done. I am publicly worshiping him. But when we come into that, in the place of even praise, man, that's a place where it's from the inside out. You know, I believe that Thanksgiving into me represents that kind of that public of place where I'm coming before the Lord. You know, I am here. I am giving him thanks. And when I enter into that courts, I'm coming into that holy place where it's just me and you, God, where I am giving you praise. And that's where I also, that place when we're face to face, I say to your face, Lord, I bless your name. I thank you, Lord God, that I believe that is the progression from the outside to the inmost being is that we give thanks with our lips. We praise him from our being and we, we go into that place of prayer, blessing his name for the Lord is good for the Lord is good. I think that that's such a fight for all of us at times when we're going through hardships or where we're going through times with testing and trial, that man is the Lord good, but the Lord is good. Give thanks and praise to him, their right recognition of God's goodness. He is good in his plans. He is good in his grace. He is good in his forgiveness. He is good in his covenant. He is good in every aspect of his being. That's where we can get anchored, that he is good in his covenant to not give up on us. He is good in his forgiveness to, to wash us every single time, that he is good in his grace, that it's extended towards us, that he's good in his plans and faithful in every way. The Lord is good. The God of the Bible has always been good. His mercy is everlasting. Oh, have you ever needed mercy? Have you ever been in need of mercy? I'm going to be honest, I have. Oh my gosh, I have needed mercy so many times. And I know that his unending mercy in my sins and my mess ups, when he has been kind to me when I haven't deserved it, when he has given me what I haven't deserved, Oh, his unending mercy and truth. These are everlasting reasons to give thanks to God. Man, as long as we are receivers of mercy, we must be receiver of thanks. Spurgeon said that, and it's one of my favorite. He says, so as long as we are receivers of mercy, we must be receivers of thanks. 
Man, how glorious will the day be when we stand before him, lifting our hands and our heads, and we can see with our eyes the one that we have loved with all of our hearts. This is, to me, the Christian life. It is that we come and recognize who he is, that he is the Lord, that he is God, that all peoples were created for him, and that is why we pursue them, that they might know their maker themselves if they don't know him. But every single one who does know him, they are my brother and they are my sister, that they are the the tribe, we're the tribe together that comes before him, that enters into his courts, that we say this is his city, that we declare, God, that you are good everywhere you go. We invite him, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is our thanks to you, God. And then when we enter into his courts, that place where it's just you and him, man, that place where we give him praise and we bless his face. We bless his name and that place. And then we know that he is the declaration to his face. This is to me what we say to him, Lord, you're good. Your mercy is everlasting and your truth endures to all generations. He is who he said he is. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. And that has never changed and it endures to all generations. I believe that's why we continue to proclaim his name from generation to generation, because the same God who met you is the same one who's going to meet that one who was born today, who is, who is made today, who is made with a purpose from heaven to come to know their savior, to come to know him, that you can say to the older generation, you can say to the younger generation, the same testimony, and it will be true for them as when we are no longer on the earth, that the generations before us that he has been faithful to them, the ones who come after us, he will be faithful to them because we know that the word endures forever. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of God endures forever. So do you have something to give praise and thanks to God today for? Maybe something that's difficult to give thanks and praise for. One of the things I did that was really difficult for me is that, you know, when you deal with people with um, who have maybe illness or has chronic illness, to give thanks for the Lord's leadership over their life, or maybe your own life. And I, uh, you, you carry burdens, I mean, it, you know, because you love people. And I remember one day the Lord asked me with my mom, um, who has multiple sclerosis, to give thanks to him that he is the Lord of her life. Let me tell you, I didn't realize how much anxiety and pain I was holding in my heart because I loved my mom. And I honestly was thinking, God, do you want to do something for her? I believed the word and I was like, God, I was proclaiming it. But it was in the place of thanksgiving and praise God met me. And I'll never forget it. I was driving and I started to give thanks to the Lord that he loved my mom and gave thanks to her that he was the Lord of her life. Something broke off in me because I realized I was then also transferring what my burden was onto the Lord, giving it into his hands and laying it down. I knew that I had no control over what was going on in her body and still don't, but I knew that he loved her enough that he is going to be faithful to her all the way through. And then since that day, to be honest, I have not viewed that situation the same way. I've not carried the burden the same way in my own life because I know that he loves her, that I can trust him and his leadership over her life. And it was in that place of giving thanks to him and praise for knowing that he loves her, that he cares for her. In the laying down, I was able to transfer my burden 
and give it to the Lord. Changed my world forever. And so even today as church, are we doing this right? It's not about what we feel, but it is about what we know to be true. We know that he is good. We know that he, he loves us with an everlasting love and that he's faithful to the end. And he's going to be faithful to you. So today as we end, I want to just encourage you to give thanks to the Lord for an area of your life that is obvious. Something that in your life that you're like, God, I know that this is a testimony. And then I would also want to challenge you to give thanks to the Lord for something in your life that you're finding very difficult to give him thanks for. To talk to him, because I am telling you, I I encountered it in my own life, and I don't believe that I'm anyone special that he wouldn't do it for you. I met him in the place of my difficulty, in the place of giving thanks and giving praise to him, and God set me free. So that is the power of coming before him, and I believe that God loves you very much, that he cares about you very much. And if you're listening even to this far, that there's something that may be even connected in your heart today that God wants to do in you. So I'm going to end with prayer, and that's going to be it. Lord, I thank you for all that you've done and for who you are. On my best days and on my worst days, I thank you that I am your child and that you are my God. And I believe that you are doing a work in my life, even beyond what I can see. Lord, I give you thanks and praise today for all that you're doing in my life, through my life, and in areas that I can't even see. I thank you that you are in my today and that you are in my future. Lord, I thank you that you're in my tomorrow and that you're working all things out for me and those that I love. And I give you praise because you are the Lord, that there is none above you and that there is none beside you. And we give you thanks, God, for all that you're doing. We say, let it be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I am excited because we're entering into my favorite month. I'm sure yours too and anybody in your family. It is Christmas time. So please check out, we are going to have on the playlist, um, Christmas music and talking about some of the traditions. Uh, why is it red, gold, and green? And some of those things. If you have Spotify, if you are a premium uh, listener, you are going to be able to hear the songs in fullness. If you're not, you're going to hear clips, but you will still hear the stories of the traditions and why we do some of the things that we do. So I think it's very exciting. And of course, December is going to come with a whole new series and I'm excited for you to check that out as well. Well, until next time, this is What's the Word. And I hope that you had a wonderful Thanksgiving and I'll see you next time.